The impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. We are coming at you on April 27, 2022. Somehow we've managed to survive a year and a quarter of a Biden administration, but uh, uh, gosh, we still, that means we almost have another three years of this thing left. But anyways, there, there's plenty of uh, uh, odd things to talk about today, and we're going to get some of those. Uh, but before I do, let me introduce you to our panel. In our upper left-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in Liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. In our lower right-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. We have a special guest uh, joining us today on the panel today. In the lower left-hand corner, uh, we have the mayor of Hanford, California, Kalish Morrow. Uh, so she's joining us. She, she is a, uh, um, a libertarian mayor in a functional city in California, which it's, it's sort of funny. It's like a double unicorn, a functional city in California and <laughs> a libertarian mayor. I, maybe there's some connection there. <laughs> but uh, anyways. Um, Jason, so Jason, Jason, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a, a feedback on something. Yeah, there's a, maybe our invisible I hand can, can get this. Uh, uh, but anyways, uh, let's go to our first topic. So in the city of Houston, California, uh, and maybe we can get a visual on this too. Uh, so we have a uh, an issue where the city council has decided in all their wisdom that uh, they going to go for, full Orwell on the town, I guess. <laughs> they, they want to force businesses to install cameras in their uh, in their places of business, and then they want to force those businesses to allow them to access the footage that's collected on those cameras. So this is apparently uh, going to affect uh, certain businesses. It's going to be bars, convenience stores, uh, game rooms, nightclubs, and sexually oriented businesses. Um, but uh, anyways, that's that's kind of the the gist of it. But it, boy, it sure seems like that's pushing against uh, <laughs> against some of our liberties. What do you guys have? I thought Houston was, uh, you know, kind of uh, kind of like liberty oriented in one way or another out there in you know the no, free it's not. state. No, it's not. Houston is a very left wing city. Seriously. Oh. I used to, okay. I used to live many years okay. ago. I used to live there, and it was it was oh. left wing. It was left wing then. Yeah, I. I probably well i wouldn't have been so surprised as you probably and you probably have more to say about it than i do but uh yeah um instead of being uh freedom loving they seem to be um uh only in the pilgrim uh uh methodology there um uh, so so apparently they they want to clamp down on all these uh, notorious uh, sinful activities here or something. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going after. All this crime they say is occurring there or something. Anyway, Leon, <coughs> what's the story? Well, this is a clear violation of the Fourth Amendment. This, this thing is totally unconstitutional, okay? Because not only are they are forcing uh, uh, property owners to put these cameras up and pay for it, they're also going to allow the police to have access 
access to these things without a warrant. Imagine that. In the United States of America, the police could just walk onto your property and tell you, we need to see those cameras. So what about the damn warrant? We don't do that here in America anymore. You know what was very interesting in all of this? Look at the vote of the council, 15 to 1. Only one member of the Houston City Council thought that this, is, oh, this was a bad idea. 15 of them thought it was a good idea. And this is happening in America, in the United States of America. You have to wonder what country we're living in when you see clear violations of, our, of, of the Constitution and nobody seemed to care, at least the government, the governance of, of Houston, Texas, don't seem to care about the fact that we have a constitution here in the United States. God, Kalish, as, as a, uh, a council person and a mayor yourself, uh, what do you think is in the Kool-Aid that these guys have in their water cooler down there in Houston? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it just keeps going back to that whole, you know, we've got kind of nanny state laws and you look to government to go and protect you. And, you know, I, I would say that they will they will find great success in being able to crack down on certain criminals and th those sorts of things. And that's how they'll be able to sell it. But it's that whole and I'm going to butcher the line. Uh, but the you know, if you don't if you give up any ounce of liberty or freedom for Security. security and you deserve neither um yes. and and so that that's really where you're, you're trying to find the line and you know in fact when you bring this one up i actually have this in my own city but not not regarding that not to that extent but because of the cannabis laws and i actually need to sit down with my or, and, and talk to our police chief but i know that for dispensaries they are required to have 24-hour surveillance cameras that you know pointing out there and uh and our PD has to have remote access and they have to keep the tapes for, or the recordings up to 45 days as well. So same kind of thing. It's just specifically with the cannabis companies. And I, I do think that has to do more with state law regulations. Um, and, but I do wanna take a, look, a closer look at it and see if we're taking it any further than it needs to be. Uh, but something that, you know, hopefully down the line we'll be able to, to roll back on. Now, the problem though, is that since we're already using it, uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to roll that back. And so, you know, it's a slippery slope for something like Houston though, where they're, they're like, well, we're gonna do it this place, this place, this place. And they're not gonna wanna release that. In fact, they're, wanting, they're gonna wanna increase it too, because you know, you're catching criminals. We, we, I'll have to admit, we've caught some criminal activity on ours too. Our uh, police chief is just sharing the story the other day where it caught a, uh, it caught somebody who's kind of well known around town, and he just went over there and you know tap on the guy's shoulder, and the guy's like, oh hey chief, and he just goes, hey, uh, so I saw on camera uh, somebody who looks like you who may have removed some public property. Now I think if that property was just returned. We won't have to have any more words. And he goes. Right, got it. Okay, I'll bring it back. But uh, you know, so there, there are those successes, and that that unfortunately emboldens them to you know, it's a place like Houston or any of these other cities that would want to to adopt these more Orwellian uh, policies to to move forward and and be able to sell their constituencies on it too, which is just a shame. We do you know, know. Do you know how long these laws have been on the books, Kalish? This one, well, this would have started as soon as we allowed for dispensaries. So over the last couple of years for us, but we, we don't have them anywhere else. We don't do red camera, red cameras, anything like red light cameras or anything like that around here too. That's something that we'll, we would stand again. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah, apparently Chicago is actually trying to fund a lot of their debt with with uh, cameras in their town, you know, as far as traffic cameras. They're, they're messing with the uh, speed limits, I guess, and ratcheting them down in order to get more fines collected there. So it's just kind of oh. crazy. But oh. but um, but uh, that's a little bit of a digression. But, you know, what? what is interesting, though, is that, you know, with the whole cannabis thing, it's that uh, if, if the reason is because they think there's more crime around that, well, probably a lot of that is because of a lot of other government laws that have, have uh, you know, essentially you, you say that these people can't use the banking system, you know, not, not, not you guys specifically in Hanford, but the federal government. And then you have all these other uh, crazy restrictions on them. And so it, it causes there to be a different environment around that type of a, a product anyway. So that maybe leads to more crime. So I, I, I don't know. It just, it's like well, wait, one government comes and causes one problem and then they, they show up with another government band-aid to cut, to solve that one and yeah. cause another problem. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. First, first yeah. the first causes are, why, the problem and then, I'm sorry, Tim, go ahead. Why are all the people that go to the dispensary getting ripped off for their cash? It's like golly, they're all there's guys with guns just waiting for them to walk into the into the dispensary. We don't understand why. Okay, I'm sorry. Just I'm, I'm going off. Go yeah. ahead, Leon. No, say just say something. Say, you know, the government, the government always, you know, they create these problems with their ridiculous laws, and then they they're gonna come back and save us. You know, they always it, that that is their continuing pattern. But you know, I was wondering something, Kalish. Um, have there ever been any uh, constitutional challenges to the laws in Hanford? Mm, not in recent memory, no. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny, as we were uh, stepping all over each other, uh, it made me think a little bit of another story that's going on in the news, and that is uh, the, uh, the the social media company that was accused of stepping all over people in their speech, and that is Twitter, and the fact that uh, Elon Musk has just bought Twitter, saying that he's going to end some of that uh, stepping on of people's speech uh, and, you know, they, this does bring up a, a lot of issues for libertarians because, you know, we talk about free speech. Is it uh, free speech on a private platform or is there a lot of government distortion going on here? And, you know, so then it becomes more of a, a government free speech issue. Um, but boy, I tell you, since he bought this, I have not seen this many upset Democrats uh, about an African-American <laughs> since Jim Crow. <laughs> <laughs> or, or as Biden would say, Jim Eagle. But what, what do you guys think about this story? This is uh, a pretty crazy story. Uh, now we've got a new sheriff in town, and is he going to regulate or not? We'll, we'll see. What do you guys think about it? Well, there's going to be a lot of people who are going to get very upset just because of the fact that Elon Musk, who indeed is an African-American, is being called an African-American because he has white skin. You know, this is going to be a real problem here going forward. Okay. Well, for, 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 and, and for, for those listeners who aren't in on the know, he was born in South Africa. That's why that's kind of a joke. Yes, I, lived, <laughs> I lived this full 16 or 17 years in, in South Africa yeah. before he moved to Canada. But, but be that as it may, we have a problem here in this country with the social media um, platforms, a very big problem. It is not that these people, uh, they are private companies, yes, and, and sure, private companies can do as they wish on their platforms. I have no problem with that. My problem begins when all of these private companies are taking directions from the government 
or taking instruction from the government to help people or to hurt people. Because in the 2020 election, we had a very big issue where the Hunter Biden laptop was suppressed by Twitter, was suppressed by Twitter for no reason other than the fact it was it was done to help Joe Biden win the election, which he actually ended up winning. And there's polls, there are polls which suggest that that would not have happened if that laptop was known and if the contents of that laptop was known and, and widespreadly and widespread and widespreadly distributed around the country. But Elon Musk comes along with, to me, is going to save some of our liberties here. I think so. At least I hope so. Okay. Because Twitter need, and these other social platforms, other social platforms need to stop the censoring that they're doing. Now they call it content moderation. That's what they call it. But it is nothing but censoring. Censoring our words, censoring our thoughts, censoring anything that we, we put out there just to help the left in this country. And that is bad and is wrong. And hopefully this will be a blow to, to, to these people who are trying to suppress free speech in, in, the, in the United States of America. Well, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that Elon will uh, be a, an instrument of uh, positive change uh, in, and, and will stand up for free speech. Uh, and I, I think he will, and I'm hoping that he does. And so, Kalish, do you share our enthusiasm for his uh, purchase here? Yeah, I mean, I, I might be switching over to Twitter here pretty soon then if it ends up being as successful as we think it will be. It's not very popular around my area. It never just really caught on in the Central Valley. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think everybody here has been pretty fed up with, with platforms like Facebook where, you know, we get we get censored. The only the only things I ever get censored is something that goes against the left narrative. And so yes. it shows as a clear bias. Um, and I think that we're kind of done with it. But, you know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully Elon uh, pulls through on that one and, and proves us right that it'll be a more free speech friendly platform. I, I sure hope so. Yes, indeed. I sure hope so. You know, I, I, I kind of share that, too, that I, I have a Twitter account, but I've almost never used it. So I'm going to start looking into it a little more now. <laughs> it's got a little interesting, but it is funny, though. I was on Facebook uh, the other day and I had shared a uh, a joke meme that, you know, I thought was a hysterical meme about uh, social Democrats. And, and it was uh, it was essentially that old. Well, it's this old cartoon that essentially it shows socialists in one image and it shows them about to you know uh put down you know a citizen you know in one of the many you know cleansings they've had in, in all these different you know uh terrible you know like places like you know china and russia and all this other stuff and then in the next image it shows the exact same picture but they show party hats and you know little smiling emojis that says uh social uh, <laughs> or democratic socialism <laughs> and but i i they literally uh they, they threw a strike at me or whatever they call it i mean they gave me a warning and they pulled it down and that was on facebook and so i was just kind of shocked uh you know because i've seen that thing float around the internet quite a bit so uh, yeah. It just amazes me the kind of things that trigger, you know, on these, uh, um, if you offend their sensibilities. <laughs> you see, this is, this, is just, this is just a point, you know, Jason, because, and well, to Kalisha and Tim also, this is just a point. We have a very good definition provided by the Supreme Court of what is protected speech and what is not protected speech.
okay? And to me, anything that does not, that anything that is that is not a violation as defined by the Supreme Court should be should be allowed on the platforms. Like you can't go on the platform and, um, um, you know, incite violence or you can't go on the platform and say you're going to assassinate this one or you're going to kill that one. Okay, those things are not protected speech, okay? You can't shout fire in a crowded theater. Whatever the equivalent of that on the platform is, it's not protected. But everything else should be permitted. And I don't know why these, these, these left-wing groups who so love to talk, they're going to save us and protect us. They so love to limit speech. They always want to limit speech. They always want to suppress speech if it offends them. You know, oh my goodness, I'm offended. So what if you're offended? We're all offended all the time. Yeah. Well, now that Leon's got uh, become so triggered and offended, uh, I think it's time for good guys with guns. <laughs> yeah. I, I get the cues now. I, I read your cues, Jason. Uh, very well there, uh, I think. Uh, anyway, so um, yeah, this is a, this, uh, it's a little bit of an older one from 2018, but this is a good girl with a gun. And uh, so what happened, a gunman who targeted a group of families gathered for a Mother's Day celebration. <laughs> the unmitigated gall of this guy. Celebration at a school in Brazil was fatally shot by an off-duty cop. Katia Sastre was praised by local officials for her bravery and was credited with saving the day. According to the Washington Post, the governor of Sao Paulo um, congratulated Sastre on, on Twitter. I went today to pay homage to a very special mother, Corporal Katia Sastre. Her courage and accuracy, accuracy, <laughs> I love that, saved Mother's Day and children yesterday at the door of a school. Frightening surveillance video of the incident shows a gunman rush toward a group of elementary age school children. He tries to grab a bag as women pull their children away. That's when 42-year-old Sastre, who was with her seven-year-old, pulled out her weapon and shot the robber three times. Newspaper, uh, newspaper in Sao Paulo reports the gunman fired one shot before his gun jammed. The first shot ricocheted off something. Sastre's husband, Andre Alves, told the paper. On his second attempt to fire, his weapon jammed. Thankfully, she was faster than he was because when a thug discovers he's being confronted by a police officer, he shoots to kill. Alves said his wife had been on the force for 20 years. Sastre pinned the man on his stomach till police arrived. He was taken to an area hospital where he died. And so the governor said it was regrettable that the robber died. Okay, but it is a warning to those who take up a gun that they could be killed because our security professionals are well-trained to protect the public, he said, even though she was off duty and just a mere citizen at the time. Uh, anyway, he took the uh, room temperature challenge. Well, it sounds like another another case of uh, guns being the equalizer in that case for uh, the, for a woman to keep from being a victim and, and children yep. too in that case. Absolutely, <laughs> that's right. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, gosh, if, you know, if, if, if our citizens are armed, we'll have a civil society. That's right. It's the key to yeah. civilization. Yeah. You know, having the ability to arm yourself. I'd argue too that gun rights are women's rights. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah, I yeah, like they that. are. That's true. I like that. 
And minority. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of, of uh, special rights, uh, yeah, we have a story uh, that's been in the news recently, and it's about uh, the the Magic Kingdom and uh, I guess special tax zones for for special places, I guess. And um, uh, in Disney, there's been a lot of controversy recently over a um, uh, parental rights bill. And, uh, but that has brought into focus, uh, a, a, another issue that I guess Disney decided to get involved in the politics of that. And so they got into a tiff with the, uh, political leadership there. And so the political leadership, uh, ripped away their special, uh, tax zone, uh, rights or pet, a special tax zone, I guess they call it. It's a special uh, that, district, exactly a special district. Special yeah. district, yeah. yeah. So, so Disney had this special district just for them that gave them the ability to uh, do things without permits, but they also had to, you know, pay a certain amount of taxes and such, and and pay for those things, I guess, without relying on other uh, taxpayers uh, as well to pay for them. So, anyways, it, it it does bring up the question, though. I mean, should we be even having uh, kind of special tax districts for different businesses? Because that, that kind of smacks to me of the the whole thing of, you know, if, you, if government is really giving you a special deal, that that's, uh, it sounds like crony capitalism. But anyways, what do you guys think about this? Uh, regardless of whether or not political leadership should have pulled this away, should it have even been there in the first place? Well, I would love to hear what Kalisha had to say about this. <laughs> I figured when everybody went silent, they're like, hmm? <laughs> so I, I wish I was a little bit more uh, up to speed on, on things like special task, uh, tax districts. Um, but I would, you know, off the cuff, I would say that this does sound exactly like cronyism right there where you, you get these sweetheart deals for large corporations. And granted, I don't know the ins and outs of, of, everything but uh i yeah it just these groups sorry i'm like getting sucked in and like reading it as you're scrolling <laughs> I'm sorry. Full scroll right now um but yeah you know it, it's it, it makes me think of things like with our huge stadiums too that get paid for with taxpayer dollars and then they don't have mm -hmm. to um uh, I don't know. They they don't have to follow the same rules the rest of us do, and then they they benefit from the taxpayers. I was as I read through this, so there was these claims too that it would raise taxes elsewhere, and that it was rushed. So it would be kind of interesting to to read through some of the more nuances of what this would mean, and if it would in fact raise uh, taxes on other people, because that that could be the devil's advocate too, by Disney carrying the, you know. Carrying the burden of it, maybe uh, that that might help keep down the taxes locally. But I don't know. I feel like whenever there's cronyism in place, that that's not necessarily true. Well, there, there. I mean, these these special tax districts or special districts, as they call them. These these things came into being in the 1930s, and they've been so. It's, we're almost bucking up against about a hundred years of these things. And they are nothing but ways to hide accountability of, of elected. They're not even probably elected officials. Some of them are appointed, but they're they're but you know they they hide accountability from voters. This is what these districts do. 
And I don't think we should have them in the United States. There are about 38,000 of them throughout the country. In Florida alone, there's, there's 1,800. So this is not nothing but another layer of government upon us. We have enough of government. We have federal government. We have state government. We have our city governments. No, no offense, um, Kalish. <laughs> I but, see. I don't like government so much that I got into government. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so she she got she got, <laughs> she got into government so she could leave everybody alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I have uh, people that are really up in arms right now finding out that we have a majority city council and they're like, what What are they even here for? And I, I want to respond with, well, of course, we're diligently trying to take over the world so we can leave you all alone. Why is that a problem? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, the other funny thing about it is, too, is that usually it's, it's being in government that causes somebody to wake up and say, oh, my God, I didn't know it was this bad. <laughs> really? Seriously. Seriously. No, I went in already knowing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's after I it's after I started working for the government that I realized how bad it was, you know. And that's just one agency I worked for for my thirty years. Okay, but these special districts have to go. Honestly, we should get rid of them. We should we should seriously get rid of them. Ah. Well, let's let's jump into our knucklehead noise patrol real quick because we're almost out of time, and it's related to this story too. So uh, maybe we can get the visual up on that our invisible hand here. There we go, and. Um, and this one, it's also about that same parental uh, rights bill. And so it's essentially the, the gist of the parental rights bill is that uh, there's been all kinds of stuff about the public schools and whether or not they're they're trying to go beyond their scope of what they should be teaching with, especially with little children um, uh, regarding to sexual issues. And in this particular case in Florida, they, they passed a parental rights bill that says you can't talk to K through third, essentially, about certain uh, you know, as, essentially about sexual type of things. And so that has just, uh, you know, made a lot of people go nuclear. Well, the, the teachers, the head of the teachers union <laughs> literally said this was akin to, this is how wars start, she said. Essentially, she said, this is propaganda. This is misinformation. This is the way in which wars start. This is the way in which hatred starts, is what Randy Weingarten, the head of the ATF, said. I, and it's just like, wow, you know, I mean, <laughs> what do you guys think about that? It just seems over the top to me. Well, I homeschool um, my kids. So I have from the get-go, just because, you know, I, I think that schools have definitely gotten away from where they should be teaching, you know, the whole uh, math, arithmetic music too i mean they've cut other things out so you're you're not getting the music programs and art programs and those things where it's more well-rounded education so then it's then they start to throw in other things too that i just feel like is probably a little bit more appropriate to be spoken about at home my kids know about we you know we've got we have trans friends and stuff and it, it it literally takes a five second five minute conversation to talk to kids about like okay well why does so and so you know it kind of looks like a guy but you know, looks like a woman too. Like you know, just like having those discussions and stuff. And it, it, it is. It's easy. But it, basically, what I'm just saying is that I think that parents should be the ones that are talking about these things and know know how to approach it with their kids and stuff. And um, I, I think that schools should be just focusing more on actually educating our kids instead of them down with a bunch of standardized tests. Um, but anyway, no, that's. Again, I'm, I'm a big advocate for homeschooling whenever you can. 
Well, and this, yeah. and this exactly is this exactly is the point. Okay, the schools should focus on teaching, not teaching teaching our kids reading, writing, and arithmetic, and not all this propaganda propaganda about transgenderism and everything else that they want to teach that they want to force down their throats. I'm just wondering if the, this same lady was uh, complaining about civil rights acts when they came out as uh, the, the kind of thing that starts wars when they actually did. You know, she could have been right about that. You know, they, they did ca cause conflict and, and, um, and they, did, they don't cause hatred because the hatred is already there. But, you know, they, they certainly uh, created a, a ripe uh, uh, arena for uh, hatred to rear its ugly head. Uh, yet at the same time, you know, you're not going to say that that a lot of the civil rights legislation that, that came out in the past was, was a bad thing. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, parents, parents shouldn't have any rights to what goes into their children's own minds. I mean, that's uh, completely ludicrous, the same way you would say things about past civil rights legislation. So anyway, it, it, that's it does seem a little bit odd. But I, I, that... I'm assuming that she was not being uh, consistent. Yeah, well, but, but it, it does seem a little bit odd that, you know, for most of us, if we found out that somebody was talking to our seven-year-olds about sex, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that might be what would start a war, not the other way yeah. around. If somebody yeah, says, right. you and I can't yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. your seven-year-old about sex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if some stranger yeah, talking to my, my little kid about sex, I will, I will want to beat his ass. Pardon my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there you go. There's your violence. There's your hatred. Come on, Leon. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we, we went a little long, but uh, yeah, this is our non-public access show, so we, 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 we felt titled this time. <laughs> yeah. You guys have any last words? Or, or, or Kalish, do you have any last uh, thoughts you want to leave you, any of our listeners with uh, about uh, anything going on in Hanford or any messages you want to send out there? Oh boy, I, uh, you know, keep keep fighting the good fight. <laughs> yes. But also, but also at the same time, let's try to be more civil with one another. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely something we can all hope for. Yeah. It's, a yeah. it's a 2022 challenge. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's true. Great. Well, uh, thanks for joining us uh, today, Kalish, and thank you to our listeners as well. And uh, yeah. in, until the next time, stay free. Nice seeing you again, Kalish. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, always and forever. Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.